Welcome to the Eddie Hyatt Podcast. I am your host and teacher, Eddie Hyatt. I'm so glad you've joined me today as we continue uh, our study about uh, the Bible, particularly the gospel and slavery, slavery in the New Testament and in the ancient world. And today I'm going to talk to you about Paul and actually about how Paul took steps to eliminate slavery among Christians while at the same time he was trying to help them to negotiate their way through the realities of living under in the Roman Empire, a pagan empire where slavery was a part of the culture and the laws of the empire. And the only way they could deal with slavery was to begin by dealing with the heart. That's how they had to approach it. And um, so that so that that Christians did not get themselves put themselves in the way of personal harm, their families and uh, their congregations living under an oppressive pagan system it would be like, as I've mentioned in other ones, this would be like you or I writing letters to Christians in Afghanistan living under the Taliban and instructing them how to live out their faith in that horrendous, oppressive, anti-Christian society. And you see, this is what Paul was up against in trying to communicate to the Christians in the ancient world. So, so, so yes, he did encourage the slaves, you know, at least for the time being, until this has the gospel has time to take root and change hearts and work its way out. Uh, you know, they were going to have to be show forth their faith, show forth their, you know, their faith in Jesus, and be a witness to Him in that difficult situation in which they were living. But now I want to show you some scriptures written by Paul and a letter that he wrote that shows how he is taking steps to totally eliminate all forms of slavery, whether it's racial, or whether it's sexist, whether it's class slavery, uh, taking steps to eliminate it based on the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the passage that I want to read today is Galatians 3, 27 and 28. Galatians chapter 3, verses 27, 28. And you could say that this is the Magna Carta of the gospel message that Paul preached. And he and of course we talked about yesterday how Jesus was all about freedom and about all about liberty, but it has to start in the heart. It has to start with, with freedom and liberty from sin. Because if people are not free from sin, they're, they're going to find ways and look for ways to put other people into bondage. And so Jesus taught, you know, do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. There was one abolitionist uh, in the 1700s in this great, uh, great awakening revival that's in my, my book, 1726, and also in the Abolitionist Founding Fathers. He said the golden rule, if people simply practice the golden rule of Jesus, 
do unto others as you would have them do unto you, that would put an end to slavery. Yeah, that would put an end to so much, wouldn't it? If we lived according to the simple teachings of Jesus, treat other people the way you want to be treated. Yeah, that would end slavery and all kinds of other ills. And so Jesus taught freedom and liberty beginning in the heart. Now, Paul says in Galatians 3, 26 and 27, he says, for you are all sons, and that includes daughters, of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For as many of you as were babbed into Christ have put on Christ. Then look at, listen to this, verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. That's the racial distinction. There is neither slave nor free. That's the, the class distinction. There is neither male nor female. That is the gender or the sexual distinction. Now, Paul is not saying that these distinctions uh, are, are no longer present. That's not what he's saying at all. He's saying we no longer judge people. We no longer make value judgments on people based on their race. For Paul, the two great racial divisions were Jew and Gentile. Of course, uh, the Jews looked on Gentiles as dogs, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and, and so there was this great racial division, and Jews, at least Orthodox Jews, could not have uh, close fellowship and, and intimate fellowship and share meals with Gentiles. But Paul said, hey, in Christ, yeah, all these distinctions still exist, but these are no longer to be used as making value judgments about people, whether they're Jew or Gentile. We could say today, whether you're black or white, or whether you're, uh, whether you're Nigerian, or uh, whether you are Russian, or whether you are Ukrainian, that we do not make value judgments based on a person's race. And boy, that, that's, that's something for Christians to remember right now, especially we have a war going on between Ukraine and Russia, and it's, it's easy to take sides one way or the other, and, and that may be okay from a political sense, but, it, but when it comes to individuals, we cannot use their race to make a value judgment on them simply because they're Ukrainian or they're Russian or they're something else, because in Christ— we, we, we don't live by those kind of value judgments. And then slave or free, those were the two great class distinctions. So Paul was saying, no, we no, longer, uh, we, we no longer value a person based on whether they are a slave or whether they are a free person or a master. That is not a criteria for judging a person's worth. And then neither male nor female. We don't, we don't value a person based on whether they are a man or woman. That's not a criteria for judging a person's value or worth. In Christ, we have a whole new value system. Now, some, some scholars believe that this was actually a baptismal formula for when new converts were baptized, that they repeated this statement that now in Christ, We've come into a whole new value system, how we view other people. And there is neither uh, Jew nor Gentile. We don't judge people based on their race. There is neither slave nor free. We don't judge people, to bring that into a, a, a modern sense, we don't judge people by what kind of car they drive. If they drive a, a, a rusted up jalopy 
or they drive a Rolls Royce, we don't make a value judgment. We don't judge their character. We don't judge uh, what kind of person they are just based on what kind of car they drive or what kind of house they live in or what part of town they live in. No, that's how the world judges people. We don't judge people like that anymore. Sadly, the church judges people like that. Uh, you let a a well-known wealthy person come into a congregation or a well-known uh, politician or government official, and they will be ushered down to the front and given a prominent seat. <laughs> but let a poor homeless man or woman come in and... Uh, the ushers will be told, keep him back. Don't let him get down to front. Don't let him get in front of the camera. Keep him at, keep him at the back. You know, see, that, that's, made, that's judging people uh, according to their class. And this, 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 this is, is not Christian. And so in, in the ancient world, Christians were given this whole value system. And what happened was it resulted in churches, and most of them were house churches, slaves and free people, and masters all sitting side by side, worshiping the Lord, because they are all now one in Christ, and they can't, they can't judge one another, their value, their worth, based on, you know, you know their race or their status in society and so on. And so there, there were even the situations where a slave became the pastor of a church that was attended by his master. And so you can see that that this new value system is is like termites eating, and this is a negative illustration, termites eating away at the foundation of a house until the whole house crumbles. This new gospel value system and gospel message is eating away at the foundations of slavery, and it's going to start collapsing. Now, I will close by pointing you to a little letter uh, that Paul wrote, one of, one of the letters that he wrote to an individual. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's, let's, let me go over here. Uh, yes, it's just before the book of Hebrews. It's right after Titus, just before Hebrews. And it is written to an individual by the name of Philemon. And then when you read this little letter, read it over. I encourage you to just sit down and read it through in one sitting. Uh, also read it in... Uh, if you read it in the King James, read it in the King James, but also read it in a modern language Bible like the NIV or the New Living Translation. And obviously Philemon uh, is someone, Paul says that he owes his life to them, which may mean that he, he came to the Lord through Paul. When Paul wrote this, this letter to the Philemon, he was uh, in prison in Rome. And apparently there was a runaway slave by the name of Onesimus, who somehow made contact with Paul in Rome, and Paul was under house arrest. He had a rented home, and he was free to re receive visitors. He couldn't leave the house, but he was free to receive visitors. And, and Paul led Onesimus, this runaway slave, to Christ. Then, lo and behold, he comes to find out, and this, this is very providential, hey, his, his master is a man named Philemon that Paul knows back in the city of Colossae. This is so amazing, and God will do amazing things like this in, in our lives as we follow him. So Paul writes this letter. He sends Onesimus back to Philemon because for a runaway slave under Roman law could be put to death. And it seems most likely that Onesimus had stolen something, maybe taken some, 
you know, some money or, or something to help him uh, when he had run away, had taken something from Philemon. But listen to what Paul says to him. He says, um, he, he exhorts Philemon to receive him back. Verse 16, he says, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, as a beloved brother, <laughs> especially to me, but how much more to you? Okay, Philemon, now we're seeing how the gospel is beginning to impact. Wow, the relationships now, it's impacted the hearts. Now it's impacting the relationships. Okay, Philemon, you know that we are all brothers in Jesus Christ, so I'm sending him back to you. And I want you to receive him, not as a slave, but as a beloved brother. Uh, and then verse Verse 17, he says, if then you count me as a partner, receive him as you would me. I want you to receive him in the same way you would receive me. If you would show me great hospitality and warmth and love, I want you to show that to Onesimus. He says, verse 18, but if he has wronged you or owes you anything, put that on my account. That's where many scholars think that maybe he had stolen something from Philemon. And Paul says, hey, if he owes you anything, put that on my account, I'll pay it. Well, talking about a talking about a reconciler. He says, I, Paul, am writing with my own hand. He says, I will repay, not to mention that you owe me even your own self besides. Yeah, I'll pay whatever he owes you. But Philemon, I want you to remember that you owe me your very life. So here we see the good news of Jesus Christ, how it's impacting the relationships that existed there in that pagan Roman empire. And here, a slave master and a runaway slave are being reconciled no longer in that old relationship but as brothers in the Lord. Folks, the gospel message preached and lived out will do such incredible things. And it starts, it starts right down at the root, the problem, and the issue. First of all, freeing us from the slave master of sin and Satan and then setting us free to go out and set others free and to proclaim the good news of Jesus and proclaim liberty to the captives and to see God's kingdom come. Hey, this is Eddie Hyde. I've gone a little bit over today, but uh, this is such an exciting uh, truth that we are sharing with you, and I hope you'll share it with your friends. Check out the book that I've been mentioning. It is called uh, Abolitionist Founding Fathers. Uh, another book that e is even more in-depth is called 1726, The Year That Defined America, uh, and it is about the Great Awakening in the 1700s that unleashed uh, the, 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 the spiritual and moral forces that brought about the end to slavery in America because slavery was ended by a Christian revival going back to Jesus. I'm Eddie Hyde. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow.